come stop and take a trip down on my block Where you see hidden potential, young minds sharper than Ginsu And ain't afraid to speak their mind if they got something against you We standing with you, we tackle issues like civic pride Hate will cease to exist, let's put our differences aside From my side to your side, from Dutchtown to Southside From Penrose to Northside, from Benton Park to Old North to West End to West Side We bless when we step out, we stand down, rise up, stand together, wise up this is Stitchcast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. Our Stitchcast sits down with Pastor Richard Ashley to discuss the role of the black church in preserving history in this special, the Why of My City edition of Stitchcast Studio. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches. Hello, everybody. Under the sound of my voice, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitchcast Studio. And we got Pastor Ashley with us. How you feeling? Blessed. Hey. Beautiful, beautiful. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being here. So let's let's pop into it, man. We want to get into, uh, you have a church in the Ville, correct? That's we right. Did, we did we did the Harvest Fest, which I thank you so much for uh, having us. By the way, and uh, you partnered with uh, was it was it Sumner or Sodan? Sumner. Always mix them up, like always. Always Sumner. Gosh, mm. gotcha. you got all oh, oh, I was just yeah. always yeah. thinking of the Ville. Yeah, he a bulldog too. You thinking of the Ville is Sumner every time. Hey. Felt, 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 felt. But uh, let's get into it. Uh, the Ville has a rich history, uh, obviously. Um, um, where does your history in the Ville start? Well, I, I grew up kind of, I guess, in what you'd call the Greaterville area on Cook Avenue. Mm-hmm. Went to Sumner, of course, Riddick Elementary School, Stevens Elementary School. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say the Ville is in my blood. Mm-hmm. Didn't expect I would ever pastor Lutheran Church in the Ville, but uh, opportunity came. I took it. So I've, I guess I'm not. In other words, I'm no stranger to the Ville. It's, yeah. it's my home. Yeah. Well, how long has uh, the church been in the Ville? Uh, ninety-five years. This is our ninety-fifth. Uh, yeah. So. And what role has the church played in making sure that the Ville thrives and stays a community? I know it's the Ville isn't how it was years ago today you know and we can kind of talk about that too if you want to uh but just kind of what what role did the uh, church play back then versus now i guess well in the past the the church was a hub for uh higher education Mm -hmm. it was a church that always attracted people with advanced degrees people who were involved in the public school system in the city, uh, administrators, that kind of thing. Many of them actually lived in the community and would come to the church from the community. But as the community began to change, of course, people moved out. And then it was a situation where you're coming to a church, but you no longer live in the community. So what I've tried to do as pastor is to re-engage our congregation with the community. We partner with the Urban League, for example. We partner with other churches uh, in the community, regardless of denomination. We will work with them and uh, made some really strong relationships with with pastors in the area. 
My, my feeling is that uh, the issues that we see in the veal, of course, they're economic. And of course, there's some political reckoning that needs to take place. But also there's a spiritual issue. The black church was always the the one institution that we control, that we could call our own. And we've moved away. We've become disaffected. And so part of my job is to show people that there is a that the black church is is still alive and well and there is a spiritual hunger that people have now you know you may not think it involves coming to church but there's something missing if you don't have god in your life now i want to start preaching but (laughs) that's that's my job so i have a question what was the veil like back when people in your congregation lived in the veil First of all, you, you have to understand that the veal became a force during Jim Crow or American apartheid, basically. So blacks were limited in where they can live. They were limited in where they could go, where they could shop, where they could raise a family. So the tendency was to have your own community and the veal was representative of that. So you might live next to a doctor or fireman, mm-hmm. or lawyer, or your alderman, uh, and the community leaders were neighbors. And so today, you don't have that. You go to see a doctor, the doctor may have his office in the neighborhood, but where does the doctor live? Probably lives in West County, or Florissant, maybe. One thing you said that I thought was interesting, um, you said you, you didn't particularly intend or expect to be pastor, but that uh, the opportunity just kind of came. How did that opportunity come to you? I went to seminary late in life. So I graduated from seminary in 2017. One of my professors uh, was on a board, a, a health board with president of the church council. And they were looking for a pastor and this is a Baptist seminary, so they there weren't a you know the the, the professor said we don't have I don't have Lutherans in our seminary, uh, but no I I was um, raised in the Baptist church, had experience in a number of denominations, but I never thought I would be a Lutheran pastor, but it has been a great opportunity. So as someone that was kind of raised Baptist, did you feel like you had to do any conforming or compromising in order to pastor a Lutheran church? No, no compromising. One of the beauties of the Lutheran churches is a lot of flexibility. So one of the things that I have done is brought in more gospel music, more contemporary music, mm. and you know, if I find the right person, we, we'd have some hip hop up in there, but yeah. <laughs> you know. So that that's different. The traditional Lutheran church, and that's one of my pet peeves. So let me, the, the, the traditional Lutheran church, people tend to be Eurocentric, you know, German, Swedish, Finns. But that goes against the history of the church. One of the things that, that, that Martin Luther, who I guess you'd say the first Lutheran, uh, was big on is context. If we're a German church, why are we worshiping like we're an Italian church? So if we're a black church, why are we worshiping like we're white? Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. A lot of white siblings, but 
when they come to St. Philip's, they ought to have a uniquely Afrocentric experience mm-hmm. within the Lutheran context. That's dope. Um, yeah, definitely. Now you um you 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 mentioned being a bulldog, bulldog pride. I know I know this y'all y'all bulldogs. You know what I'm saying? Y'all be proud about y'all you know bulldoggery or whatever. Watch it. Y'all be proud about it, boy. So um out of curiosity, because we know that the Ville has taken, I feel like decline is a bit of a harsh word, mm-hmm. but um we know that there's been a struggle recently, oh, yeah. especially uh with the uh or when we went to Sumner. Me and our director, Missy, when we were visiting Sumner, they mentioned how there was a hospital in the neighborhood at one point. Former and Phillips. That, yes. And that uh, once the hospital left, it really hurt the neighborhood and then other businesses started leaving. Um, could you describe what the Ville was like when you were going to Sumner? Well, uh, I was born in Homer Phillips, went to the clinic. I, I could say you could see some of the decline, to use your word, when I, when I was there, but nothing like what you see today. Uh, but you could see the seeds of it. Uh, abandoned properties, you know, some areas were, I never saw the stroll was not part of the area. And of course there was drugs, but it wasn't as overt. I mean, I'm sure anything you want to buy, you could buy it at Sumner but it it was it was undercover today shootings uh, there was violence uh, mm-hmm. there but not on the level that you see today but it was definitely there mm. what do you think made it become such a drastic problem i think part of it is the fact that as integration became a reality those professionals that once were the anchors of the community began to move out and you know when with them i think there was a certain sense of hope because if if i lived next door to a doctor and you know my mother was a domestic worker she worked out in west county cleaning folks home but if the person next door to me was a school teacher or doctor or lawyer that said that's something i can aspire to but if everybody in the community is struggling and no one is seeming to, to, to go up, so to speak, that kind of crushes the, the, the spirit. It, mm-hmm. it, and, and we, you know, I think as great as integration is for some in our community, we lost a lot. And we lost a certain sense of hope, a certain sense that you can make it. You mentioned Homer Phillips. Homer Phillips is named after an African-American attorney and activist. He was gunned down mysteriously. And uh, uh, there's some, I have some ideas about that, but it was, you know, they never found who who killed him. But later when the hospital was built, it was named after him to honor him. That's the kind of thing, you know, the, you you had, uh, and, and that was, long before I was born, mm-hmm. but, but the idea that you had attorneys, maybe not just a doctor, but maybe three generations of doctors living in that area. You don't have that as, you don't have that today. Hey, what's going on everybody? It's that time again. Time for another Stitchcast Studio Arts Interlude. That's right, it's time to pick the city up. This week, we have a Story Stitch's original song entitled Sneaker Tech. Uh, uh, 
up my residence Homicide deans investigating for evidence I hear the homies yelling KP for president Been down since the 90s, a representative ever since When we was young, we used to bang pro models With the stickers still on, they gripping 40 old gold bottles From the Adoras, Lottos to my Alicis When they dropped their BK, we became an endangered species But my Adidas was saving us from the rapture That them Chuck Taters was ushering in a social disaster We died faster in them Cortez But once some J's popped off, inevitably there was more dead Can never see me in no poor kids Or no pro wings for the first of 15 We came so clean, hustle for bread and some crispy air forces Black and blue Air Maxes in the field where we sport Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? Mama say until we get the bread to get a better place We gotta pray for better days You just a step away from somebody taking your breath away There was her warning like every morning Open the closet, reach for the Jordans Oh yeah, we can't afford them So I strap up the sketches and let her finish her lecture It's the first day of school, can't believe I gotta wear this I'm out the door, at the bus stop I see a couple dudes I knew was out before It don't look like they out no more They in the game, they trying to get paid They might drop out of 10th grade By the time the bus came, they paid 10 ways They out here chasing money They got the shoes plus the bread plus the tool Okay, somebody try and take it from them They look at me and they like, what are those? Oh, now these my other clothes The force is still at home, I rock them later on Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Got soul in your soul What are those? Kick back Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? Clothes. I love that watch, I got to cop me one of those Buses here, I gotta go What are those? I don't even know I'm on a need to know and they don't even need to know That these my brother clothes Hope they don't take it wrong, but we don't live forever Life ain't long, it's even shorter on that corner They be standing on Be taking chances on it, they be planning on Cause Lord knows I'm probably still gonna see them standing up when I get home Do somersaults and turn cartwheels to get a deal Not when you a real one from baiting by way of the field My soul is not for sale, don't need no more celebrity Baby, so all of us can eat, you know I'm dope That'll be, you take no losses on no shorts, Kevin Hart like a dwarf playing Lambo And no, it's not no demo Skip a chart, strike a match, just blaze Many men have tried, but I was made this way Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack That's an interesting take, especially people from my generation. When we when we think about integration, we're not really looking or we don't see cons mm -hmm. or whatnot. But uh, I think you're right. I think that is a negative side effect. So people with segregation, everybody kind of has their own areas, their own neighborhoods, whether they're equal to other neighborhoods or not. Right. But once you're able to integrate, naturally people would leave their own neighborhoods to be a part of what they felt like was better, kind of neglecting their own their own neighborhoods in a way so that's 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 wild that's a uh, that's a perspective that i never quite took uh blue i know you're not in the podcast per se but uh you went to sumner so um 
I, I just want to know, like, 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 was like dealing drugs and stuff like that. What were those heavy problems during your time at something? something? Uh, yeah, uh, during my time at something, it was pretty prevalent. I was coming from Rittner earlier in that year. You know, a very county school, a very diverse school. You know, it's a bunch of black students, but it's also Asian students, white mm-hmm. students, bunch of very diverse school. And um, just going from there and going to Sumner, like it was just like a real big change you know like i've seen stuff going on outside of the school but a lot of the stuff i saw going on outside of schools going on in the hallways from you know drugs and weapons and mm-hmm. you know different stuff so uh i would say when i went to something it was uh it was pretty it was pretty prevalent you know a lot of the same things that were going on in the streets from like um you know fights and beefs and you know just different gossip and stuff often kind of spilt over back into the school mm-hmm. you know so to speak so yeah so, did you uh know Bobby Norfolk? No. What? Dang, I was hoping. That's interesting. Yeah, I was hoping that was a connection. Uh, what about Percy Green? Did you grow up with Percy Green? No, all? Percy Green was before me. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, okay, okay. So, did you ever get to experience like the like all the businesses and stuff like did you have like a favorite candy store or anything like that growing up that you can remember a favorite candy store well you have to understand my job through grade school and and, and some of high school was at a corner grocery store mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so a lot of times when school's out i'm hustling back to to get to work mm-hmm. so um so i have that experience what was a minimum wage back then do you remember i don't remember but it wasn't much i know that the cost of living wasn't as much now yeah but still you gotta think about that pay yeah we're making 225 for sure no way (laughs) so sumner for whatever reason like you like like sumner is transitioning into a uh performing arts school Mm -hmm. that's right it wasn't always a performing art school. No. But for whatever reason, Sumner produced all of these stars. Mm-hmm. Like, like all of the all of these all of these people that would grow to be household names and all of that. What do you think it was about Sumner that all of these stars flowed through it? Because Central Visual Performing Arts didn't even make as many superstars flow through it as yeah, Sumner did. Names. Right. Well, again, if you go back to the history of Sumner, um, oldest black high school west of the mississippi at one point the only high school that african-americans could go to mm-hmm. so that had an impact and you know sumner's always had this reputation uh, in the arts it, you know you you mentioned the arts just yesterday yeah well, day before yesterday i'm watching youtube and i'm watching grace bumbry well you know you're not into opera you probably don't Hear about Grace Bumbry, but to have a black woman singing opera, you know, she's, yeah, I guess in the 50s when she, when she had her debut, that was a big deal. As Sumner was kind of a magnet for talent, whether it was opera, whether it was Tina. So I, I think it's just because it was that kind of anchor in the community, it drew people of talent. For whatever reason, but mm-hmm. I think it stems from the fact that at one point that was all we had. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. So when as as a bulldog, 
every now and then every few years or so uh we hear uh talks about people trying to close sumner down how do you feel when you hear things like that usually it means that people that don't have a strong connection to the community would feel that well we're going to close sumner down because even people who didn't attend sumner there's something about the history of sumner and the contribution to sumner that you would want to keep sumner open in fact for example beaumont is closed now uh, right. You know, I did get a, a wife out of Beaumont, so that, that's a good thing. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to see Beaumont closed because Beaumont, when it did integrate, became important in, in the black community. So, it, you know, people that have a connection to the community want to maintain the institutions of the community. And when you get people that come from outside of the community, they're looking at numbers. They're looking at dollars and cents. They're not looking at impact. Mm-hmm. Were there any other neighborhoods that were thriving around the same time, uh, just as much as the Ville was? Most of of North St. Louis was, I guess you would call it, working class and middle class. And because those middle class people didn't have much of a choice, they stayed with the rest of us working class folks. But that was that kept that made the, that's what made the community thrive. Uh, and, and any community, I mean, if you go to the hill, if you go to other ethnic communities, whether in St. Louis or other cities, it's that sense of the people who made it or there with the people who haven't yet. And there's that interaction. But when the people who made it leave, then that opens the door for the other stuff that, you know. And then one of my, my, my things is this. People leave our community. Uh, they, they suck all the resources out of it. They leave it and then they complain that people are violent, people are selling drugs. Well, you take everything that they that, that's worth having to make a community, then you wonder why people... Uh, resort to to crime well what's left i mean you look at you know our sister city east st louis a lot of people may not know that used to be a thriving community but when uh, non-african americans moved out having taken all the resources what did they leave and so then 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 they want to blame the victims and people are going to survive they're going to feed their families they got to take care of themselves, even if that means doing things that are immoral, illegal, what have you. You know, that's just human nature. Yeah. So we mentioned earlier how Homer Phillips leaving. Homer Phillips didn't leave. Homer Phillips was shut down by the political establishment, the same establishment that said, we'll never close it down. Oh, wow. So, no, it didn't leave. For the record. For the record, it did not hey, leave. Where was hey. Homer G. Phillips originally? What was it? Where was it? Oh, if, if, uh, if you come to St. Phillips, you'll see Homer Phillips. Now, part of Homer Phillips now is a senior apartment building but you can't miss it if you go to the sumner pavilion you can't miss it it dominates the skyline mm. so, okay so no. um and let me just say again it did not leave whatever. it was shut down that's that needs to be said so what about this new aren't they trying to build a new homer g phillips how does the for the record <laughs> 
um yeah is how that- about redeveloping the original exactly and don't take the name and apply it to some developmental scheme how about that understood so uh my question was going to be we were uh we were looking at these buildings uh considering spaces for uh the center that we're putting together and when we were talking to the principal of the school um about the buildings uh my director asked him about how much do you think it would cost to to you know repair damages and whatnot and he said uh, around six to seven million and like my goodness we don't have six or seven million so uh we couldn't grab one of the buildings but what do you think it would take to see sumner uh or not sumner but the bill as a whole do a 180 what what, what, would, what would it take to to see it return to its better days uh well you said money uh for sure part of living in a city like st louis is there's a lot of uh disinvestment in communities of color and a lot of investment a lot of millions seem to find their way in other parts so uh, serious investment and reinvestment in the city and, and let me just uh, address the, the the millions I you know I don't know what what it takes to restore a particular building but you have to realize these buildings are old um, they have asbestos. They have been stripped of wiring and plumbing. So I'm sure to restore it, you gotta you gotta consider all of that. There's a lot of St. Louis that's all over the country because people have dismantled our buildings and sold them. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure make somebody some profit. So yeah, that's if a business was to come to the Ville, what's the first type of business that you would like to see uh, come back to the Ville? Grocery store. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A real grocery store. And, and what, in what ways do you think that would help to prop up the neighborhood? Well, I mean, it, it's just it's just a basic necessity. People need food. They need they need uh, uh, healthy, high quality food. They yeah. they don't need all this packaged stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, you know, you need to have access. If people don't drive, uh, you know, there's no problem for me to get to a store. I've got a car. Mm. But if you got to take a bus, yeah. and trust me, I know what it's like to take a bus. And have to get I, I groceries. Right. Carry all that back to Three miles. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you yeah. got little children with you, too. Yeah. There you go. You know? Facts. That's interesting. I didn't think about a grocery store. What would be, what would be the next business? Mm. Other than a grocery store? Yeah, like would you want would you want to see a, a high level college or another hospital or, or clinic or? Well, it would be nice if, for example, the the, the Homer Phillips clinic. That's that's how I know it. I know it's now Care SDL. I think that's what mm-hmm. what they call. So yeah, uh, the more healthcare, you know, just basic things that people need to to make it food, medical, medical. We've always been noted in, in in North St. Louis for having clothing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all remember Rozelle's. That's I remember that. School, yeah. So that kind of, the things that, that, that you would find in, in any community, mm-hmm. any thriving community. Yeah. I, I try to encourage the church to support the businesses that are there. You know, I get my 
haircut in the community. I take my cleaning to the community. Mm. Would buy grocery. I mean, sometimes I. I mean, there is a schnook, so I, I okay. guess that's a little that's a outside of of, of mm. our, our area. But right. So you've lived there your whole life. Well. I grew up in the in the area. I live uh, in Northwoods now, so mm, from there, I walk to the city from mm-hmm. where I live, mm-hmm. and you know, went to school in New York, but came back. So that's this is my home. Got you. A lot of people, a lot of people left. A lot of people didn't come back. You know, what I'm saying a lot of people kind of gave up and went somewhere else where, where you know, where the communities were doing better, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what keeps you there? What what keeps you coming back? I would say a lot of it has to do with my involvement in the Black Church. I still believe that that is a center of hope where I have my strongest connection and uh, where I've I've spent a, a good deal of my life working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you notice when you ask me about business, I didn't say more churches. So yeah, we, got lot, we got a lot of churches. Yeah. We need to build up the ones that we have. Mm-hmm. Got you. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. So, would you uh, have you have you revisited Sumner in in recent years since leaving, or or before the, the Harvest Fest? I'm trying to think. The last time I was inside Sumner, it's been a while. Uh, we do a lot of stuff with the. I'll take that back. And maybe. Maybe a year ago, because I signed up for the alumni association, so I had yeah. to go inside to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then also to meet with people about the pavilion. So I actually it hasn't been that long that, that I've been inside. It, it's the same and yet it's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right, it's, right. It's a, a lot of things, a lot of memories when you see those hallways, but you know, it, 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 it is different. One of the things the school uh, principal mentioned that the school was struggling with was having such a big building and so little students mm-hmm. uh, coming in. Like there are parts of the building that's completely closed. We had a a, a meeting in the library that's no longer used. Books that we the, we we saw books that <laughs> that was in the library when I was in elementary school, you know. So um. Which was it was a little it was a little nostalgic, but it was kind of sad to see that the uh, library wasn't being used and they they didn't have the staffing to run the entire building mm-hmm. or whatnot. So um, is that because there's a heavy drop of population in the ville as a whole, or are they just sending their kids to different schools? I think it's a, a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there there's been a flight away from the ville, but also. You know, uh, people do, if there's an opportunity to go to a school in the county, people will often do that. I mean, you want to give your child the best opportunity. You may not, you may perceive, and I think it's strictly perception, that a city school doesn't provide that. But, you know, that's perception. I don't think it's reality. Hmm. I like how you put that. Yeah, perception ain't always reality. So we say we that's a saying that we have in a few of our different uh, projects. Yeah, he's speaking. Yeah, for very sure. philosophical. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. So, question: Moving forward, on more of a positive note, like what are your plans as a pastor, as your church, as a congregation? 
you know, what are some of the things that you all are trying to continuously do to try to lift up the veil and keep hope for the people that are still there? Well, one of the, one of the things that, that we'll, I think that one of the greatest things we can do is keep our doors open. And sometimes that's a struggle because people your ages aren't necessarily sitting in St. Philip's or Antioch or St. James on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing other stuff. We on a live. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, reaching out to people in your age group and saying, look, there's a place for you in the church. There's an opportunity to, that the church allows you to, to hone your skills, to become the person that God wants you to be in a way that no other institution can do that. You know, if you're an activist, there's room for activism. You know, if you are, uh, whatever it is that you're looking to do, uh, we want to plug into that and say, look, this can be a proving ground for that. So, you know, I mentioned the partnership with the Urban League. That's a big partner for us because they connect us to perhaps aspects of the community that one church can't. But, you know, we can connect with other churches. We can connect with other organizations. We can work together and we can, we can pool our resources, which has always been a strength mm -hmm. in Africa. So, I don't know if that really answered your question. Yeah, it did, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. that's well said. I think mm -hmm. that's well said. So, uh, before we uh, before we close out, is there anything that you want to say to the people of the Ville or maybe to the people that are less familiar with the Ville? Um, is, is there anything you want to say to anybody before we close out? Well, I, I do want to say the Ville is a thriving community and there are families who still live in the in the community they're raising their children their uh, property owners there that are afraid of, of being gentrified <laughs> but there there are people who are working hard to make that community better and it's our prayer that as we we work together and put some of these divisions that you're mentioning aside and focus in on the big picture, which is we're all in this together. And um, we will either work together or we'll fall apart separately. And I, I'd rather see us work together regardless of your religious or other views. Let's see what we have in common. And let's focus on the commonality and leave the other stuff later and hopefully Nate later never comes because right. it's really for the kids the next generation coming up you know for sure all right everybody i want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of stitch cast studio we hope this has been enlightening a little entertaining we hope that you walk away from this knowing a little more than you did when you sat down and listened to it pastor ashley god bless and we out thank y'all the why of my CD captures and documents pieces of black history through written word and art while training the next generation to become active, engaged citizens. Our goal is that programs become a force multiplier. 
rippling into families, schools, and neighborhoods, offering solutions to common urban problems. The Why of My City, a play written by Mario Farwell with St. Louis Story Stitchers and directed by Gregory Carr, will be staged for the public June 15th and 16th, 2023 at the Dot Theater at Grantsburg Arts Foundation in the Grand Center Arts District. Tickets are on sale at Metro Ticks. St. Louis Story Stitchers, The Why of My City, is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts. Visit on the web at arts.gov and by the Missouri Arts Council, a state agency which receives support from the state of Missouri. The Why of My City is supported in part by Missouri Humanities Council, a state agency which receives support from the state of Missouri. Story Stitches is supported in part by the Lewis Prize for Music's 2021 Accelerator Award. The mission of the Lewis Prize is to partner with leaders who create positive change by investing in young people through music. Additional support for Stitchcast Studio and Story Stitches programs is provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2023, Trio Foundation, Deaconess Foundation, and the Arts and Education Council. St. Louis Story Stitches and the Center is supported in part by Cranzburg Arts Foundation as a resident organization. Thank you for listening. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitches. Story Stitches. Story Stitches. Story Stitches. Story Stitches. Story Stitches.